seen a lot of uh, Scottish football on television uh, back in Holland. And uh, of course, uh, you see a fantastic uh, arena here. So, I mean, it was, it was uh, interesting to come to uh, Scotland and uh, play for Celtic. Hello and welcome to the Bynum Celtic podcast, the daily Bynum Celtic podcast, brackets for the moment, close brackets. My name is Lauren Stronigan and I'm joined uh, today, as I was joined yesterday, by my good pals. Look at Paul Thompson getting promoted. He's now one of the pals. Paul. <laughs> Demoted, I think. Demoted. Uh, Paul Thompson and Remy McSwain. Uh, Paul, how you doing, pal? I'm, I'm, I'm very, very good, actually. Just uh, slightly perturbed. Somebody sent something into the Twitter account giving us uh, a sign of us lookalikes. It's somebody that's been listening <laughs> I don't know if you saw it. Uh, I missed it. WTS <laughs> underscore Pod Radio. Who? Uh, I'll read the tweet out. I have listened to you guys for ages, and it's human nature to try and put faces to the voices. Oh no! <laughs> right. So, uh, I imagine that Lawrence looks like Richard Jobson of the Skids. That's all right. I'll take that. But I thought. I, I. It gets worse. Uh, Remy looks like the big man from Chewing the Fat. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I'd do the shortstop. Paul looks like Bruce Morton, the comedian or the Undertaker in Still Game. I like Bruce Morton. I, I like Bruce Morton as well, but he's he's I mean he's not renowned for his dashing good looks. No, well the thing is, I think Richard Jobson was a male model at one point, wasn't he? Oh yeah, okay. Well, that's it. Probably should You'd never even make it as an airfix model, Lawrence. Let's okay. be honest. Uh, the. Uh, before we go, I know we're trying to do a daily podcast, but we were just chatting there before we came on air, and uh, there is not a lot around, uh, so I'm not sure how long we can keep this going. It might be an idea. I don't know. We'll just think we'll knock it around. We're definitely having a show tomorrow. Uh, we'll knock it around. And, the Champions show. Oh, it's the Celtic as Champions show. Actually, hopefully we'll get Harry Brady on. We haven't asked him yet, but... Yeah, <laughs> if if he comes on, he's in Syria. He's going to get kicked around, so like something bad. Uh, the uh, but we might have to get go to uh, you know if there's news, we'll do a show because we're all just sitting around the house anyway. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, we thought today would be a big day. Uh, all sorts of uh, meetings were supposed to be held. Well, I think they were held, but uh, not much out of them. Uh, here before I go, I. Uh, Sorry, I've turned a bit of a, a monologue. It'll be a quick one. Uh, I was looking through all the websites and everything. I don't know if you guys can chip in at this. Uh, and I get the sense that you know, Celtic have shut down. And it's probably the right and mature and adult way to go about this. I mean, in, in these times, in how exactly how important is uh, football? But uh, we are a football club. Um, and there's fans out there, uh, and regardless, uh, you know, you deal with the circumstances as you find them. And what I certainly, from Celtic's perspective, seemed to me that there was a bit of a PR war going on out there. And uh, one, uh, it's basically over what's going to happen with the title. And there's one club was part- participating in this war, and one club was being adult and grown up about it, and really not getting involved. Essentially, shutting down a PR operation. Meanwhile, on the uh, on the other end, uh, you have uh, you, you have uh, what's what they call uh, Rangers uh, or Rebers, uh, Espanol as I like to call them, and their acolytes and all the uh, various Scottish media outlets placing all kinds of stories, but essentially uh, trying to turn the debate and uh, you know trying to t- turn null and void into a fait accompli. 
uh, and you, it just gets get, get produced again and again. We, I know we had a good laugh at the follow follow numpties the other day about their suggestions for bringing the season to an end. Uh, the most hilarious one being uh, just cut call the season after each team had played each other twice, and lo and behold, guess who's uh, winning on goal difference? I mean, that was straight from the 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 the, the, co- the comedy annals. But lo and behold, you have the uh, assistant manager or coach or whatever that then floats the same thing, which is, I I, I mean, really. Uh, so my point being that you know I don't think Celtic uh, should uh, see themselves as uh, being above the fray. Uh, they should get involved in this, you know, make sure that uh, there's some kind of balance in any debate that takes place. I, having said all of that, I see today that uh, Peter Lowell has put out a statement, which we'll come on to in a minute. Any of you guys got uh, any thoughts on that? Did you get a sense that we were, uh, you know, a bit haughty and above, and above the fray and, and letting this debate swing in a very, uh, very weird and uh, and just ludicrous way? Nope. I, I just think that the Huns are desperate to get their uh, agenda out, and you know, Mr. Lowell's statement today says that voiding the league is not an option, and that's you know Celtic would prefer to complete the season, but voiding the league is not a, an option, and it you know got to agree with him. We've been saying it since we started this. You know any any Celtic fan who thinks that null and void should be considered is for the watching. I get that, but and again, as I say, well, come on, a uh, Peter Lawwell statement. But, but no, nobody knew, nobody knew what was happening in the world until. I mean, it, it all. I mean, it's okay. It's been ongoing for a week or so, but it's only since last week when they cancelled the game that the shit really hit the fan, and then Monday it went ballistic. I mean, they've got to look after their players, etc. First, and then you're on. You know they've got to be looking after the business, making sure they can pay all the bills. A PR war in a a coronavirus pandemic, not really for me to be honest. Um, Paul, I get your point. Uh, what I would say is I don't think anything's really changed in terms of how the PR operates between the two respective clubs. That's kind of how things operate normally with Rangers, anyway, in terms of feeding stuff to the press, feeding it to, to favoured uh, pundits and journalists. And, and I know that happens with, with Celtic as well, but, you know, in terms of the more extreme stories and the more ludicrous stories you get it, you know, we I don't know how many times we've laughed about transfer rumours and transfer valuations, and that all comes from the same sources. It's the same, you know, circle. And there is a, there is a wee bit of, uh, and you'll know this better than me, with your sort of journalism background, Lawrence, that, there's a wee bit of the fact that the press are out there absolutely desperate for something to fill newspapers and fill website uh, pages with, and they'll publish basically any old crap at the moment, I would imagine. So if they get the slightest sniff of any kind of uttering for anybody who who might kind of have a, a you know ten times removed link to, to a football club, they're picking up that just now. It's almost like that sort of jokey thing you put up the day with the... <laughs> The Dublin guy telling the the uh, the, 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 the story thing, uh, best thing on Twitter today on your website feed, but uh, your Twitter feed, sorry. But it is a bit like that. It's Chinese rumours, and you know that's what we all feed off. You know, that's that's part of why we do the podcast. It's we get rumours and we get stories told to us, and and some of them are true and some of them aren't, and uh, you've got to try and work that one out. But I'm I'm not hugely worried. I I, I think the tone. And we'll talk about Wolves' statement in a minute. I think the tone of that 
to me was pretty decisive. It was almost very, very dismissive of what came out of Ibrox last week. The um, as I say, it was just bugging me. Uh, there was just story after story, and again, I know what's going on. Uh, you know, I know who's behind it. Uh, I, you know, and I know that journalists that are prepared to, you know, not. I was going to say sell your soul, not sell their soul, but you know, who are just, uh, you know, ciphers here. Uh, take this down and put it in your paper. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's demeaning from them as a, from a professional perspective. Tell you one, and it was just bugging me, and I just thought, well, you know, I'm not saying that the Celtic PR department should be, uh, you know, working full time on something like that, but but you 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 everybody knows how it works. You know, you have a word in your you even as social media uh, people in social media. Uh, you know, you have a word. You have to kind of fill the void, you know, to make sure that the void isn't filled by the this, the nonsense. You know, you have to have some kind of uh, response to it, even in an, in an indirect way. Um, but anyway, as I was, I was fumigating, fume, fumigating, fuming about this overnight, <laughs> I, I was fumigating overnight about it. I need to fumigate my underpants. Uh, here, uh, so lo and behold, it drops on on, uh, on the Celtic uh, website today, a, a message from Peter Lawwell. Uh, as you say, Paul, you're dead right. I mean, the tone, I mean, it's a great, it's a good statement. It's a very comprehensive statement. It's there on uh, CelticFC.net. Uh I wonder why we can't get CelticFC.com. We should just pay the money and buy that. Uh, the uh, the anyway, it's uh, I'm well. I'm not going to read it all out. I think uh, I mean lots of good stuff about looking at as you say, uh, Rem looking after staff and um, you know looking after you know trying to look after the community. Uh, and I'm sure there'll be more stuff coming out on that from the club, which is great. Uh, but in terms of uh, strictly. Um, strictly football uh, issues. Uh, I'll go. I'll just found it here. Uh, we'll go straight to the crux of it. Uh, with what uh, Lowell says, with regard to the present domestic Premiership League situation, our strong preference is, of course, to complete all remaining matches. To date, we've had a magnificent campaign, undefeated in this calendar year, completing thirty league matches already to create a commanding lead, and we are now on the cusp of winning our ninth successive title. As many have already said, the season cannot be voided as the consequences of that are so severe. In the event that the matches cannot be completed, then the responsibility to find a fair and reasonable solution for the finalisation of all domestic leagues will be with the Scottish football governing bodies. We hope that the governing bodies are able to provide some clarity to clubs and supporters as soon as possible on the way forward, although we appreciate that this is a hugely demanding time. Uh, oh, I guess one one. Uh, I thought that, I don't know if I, I'm reading too much into this. I thought it was quite. I smirked at this during such a difficult time. We also extend our thoughts to all other football clubs who are affected by these events and facing such uncertainty. Uh, we realise the hugely damaging effect these circumstances will have on clubs of all sizes across Scotland, Europe, and beyond. Uh, as I say, a really, really good and comprehensive statement from Peter Law, as you would expect. When he does speak, he speaks with. Uh, Real command and authority, um, and I say that as a member of a podcast triumvirate that often slaughters them. Uh, so, really good stuff. Rem, any any thoughts on the statement? I thought it was a a, a very good statement. Um, I sound like a follow follow ass liquor there. Uh, good yeah, statement. Yeah. Uh, good money for the club. <laughs> uh, I think I think he I think he covered every base, and I think he's got Celtic's views. On what should happen out there, 
And because they have been issued straight as a press release and he's not done an interview, there can be no spin on it. Uh, yeah, that was a, 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 a pretty obvious way to do it, but I thought I noted that as well, actually. No, you can't spin it anyway. It's uh, there on the club website. Um, and hopefully that will serve as... Uh, as uh, I mean, there's, he's not saying anything... I mean, he's not, he's not the, the numpty assistant manager, you know, talking rubbish. You know, absolute. You know, this is Peter Lawwell, the CEO of the club, you know, stating, stating for the record where we stand or where the club stands, not we, uh, where the club stands. And it's all eminently reasonable. Paul, uh, anything to add? Yeah, I think the, the, key, the key thing about the tone for me was that there was no... There was a firmness and there was a, a, an authority, as you say, uh, that, that that comes from it, which is reassuring, I guess, for Celtic fans and also hopefully sort of welcoming to the rest of Scottish football. It's not alienated anybody. What he hasn't done is be prescriptive yes. or be demanding or set conditions on how the league should be resolved, uh, unlike Stuart Robertson's statement last week, which was very much... We won't accept this. We want our fans in the grounds. We want this. We want that. We won't accept, you know, knowing those words, but that was the tone. Whereas I think I think what Wall said is he's put his marker down. He's quite clear, I think, that he knows the, the level of influence and authority that Celtic have within Scottish football. And he probably doesn't feel the need to roll his sleeves up and start that particular street fight that, that the other mob always want to have. So... No, I think there is a degree sort of rising above the fray, but I think the tone is more about being conciliatory and being reassuring to the support. And for that perspective, as you say, you know, we haven't always been wall fans, and uh, I think that's a good one today. I think uh, people read that and hopefully they'll look at it and think, well, he's got the right ideas around what's important at the moment. Yeah, so in days like this, Remy, you can see why he's well worth his twenty-seven million a year. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to beat him up on his wages a day. Let, let him. Let him have a good day. The uh, and I get. I think you're dead right there, Paul. And above the fray, and you know, quite authoritatively stated. But nevertheless, there is a there is a PR war uh, to be fought. And you know, as I say, I don't think the Celtic need to get involved in that. But there are enough surrogates around uh, who who can do the job. I mean, for goodness' sake, the other, you know. Um, Espanol ha- ha- have them, so uh, we need to, you know, look after uh, sympathetic journalists, you know, f- sympathetic bloggers, whatever, uh, just to keep the, the the debate honest. Here, the other big uh, development today, big development, the uh, SPFL board meeting uh, uh, met and declared Celtic chat. No, hang on a minute, that isn't right. Um, <laughs> Uh, the SPFL board I met today, I, I think the, the reports are just filtering out as far as anybody can uh, discern. Uh, not No decisions taken, everything deferred. Uh, you've got a theory on this, Paul. What, what do you think is happening? I think there's a, a link to, and probably quite sensibly, a link to what's going on in England. If you look at the, the English situation that was uh, declared earlier today, they, they put out that a sort of united front across the FA, the Premier League and the Football League, where and and the the women's and, and junior games as well, and they, they've uh, 
been quite clear that they want to finish their leagues. They've been quite clear that the leagues, uh, I think they've said indefinitely, but at the same time, they've, they've sort of indicated that they need to be finished end of June in line with the UEFA statement the other day. And uh, they've postponed again until the 30th April, which takes us back another four weeks from where they were. So I guess Scotland are probably looking at that a little bit and thinking, you know, we need to, to try and align with that, you know, under the the same sort of framework. So I think that's probably, the, you know, go back briefly to the Celtic statement today and, and the position that we, we think the club are taking on it. I guess that's one of the things about the financial situation is that Celtic can, you know, be patient and be relatively relaxed to a, to a degree uh, to let things, you know, take their turn and, and find their way forward where I think maybe one or two of the other clubs are going to have to try to bring it to a head a bit quicker because they need the, the financial resolution, which I totally understand as well. But, you know, I think that statement for Celtic today, to me, felt a bit more in line with what the English are thinking, which is, yep, realistically, we might not get it finished, but we'd like to. Um, yep, the... Uh... The other stuff, just on the financial thing, I get. Why would I? Why? Why would I even think this? But you know, clubs are going to be. Well, we've already seen Hearts, a few other clubs, uh, already flagging severe financial problems. There's going to be. There's going to be more of that. Um, I mean, oh, I think we talked about it yesterday. We Celtic need. To, there needs to be a league for Celtic to play in. Uh, so I just wonder what can be done. What, what what can be done for these other teams? I wonder if Celtic will, you know, be able to help out in any way, shape, or form. But what a pal of ours, uh, quite a serious financial guy. Uh, what's happening in our group last night? Just mentioning that, uh, you know, the landscape post this, the landscape is going to be uh, very very different. The days of the uh, nine million pound signings, even for Celtic, are probably over. Um, you would expect the transfer market will uh, undergo a serious, serious uh, deflation. Uh, it's going to be a very different world, isn't it, Ren? Yeah, I think it is, um, and, and not just in football. Um, the, the it's just a a very, very strange world we're living in just now, and uh, you know we're relying on people to to get us through it and some of the people we're relying on I really wouldn't want to rely on and one of them is a, the leader of this uh, glorious kingdom um, but you know your friends and family will hopefully get you through all this and we'll see what happens and we all get to the other side here I thought you were going to say the leader of this glorious podcast <laughs> You know, I think I'd rather have Boris Johnson than you. Uh, anyway, I, I, I mean, I only mention it, I only bring it up because I, I think we should all prepare ourselves for a very different footballing landscape post this. I, I mean, obviously a different landscape in general, but uh, football will be hugely affected. Uh, who knows what it'll be like on the other side. Um, just uh, any other attendant businesses, a Neil Doncaster interview, I think that's come from a podcast which I haven't listened to yet. I don't know if either of you... Basically, uh, I'm praising uh, the Sky football deal, uh, and it's a lot of money, and how that's going to reshape. Uh, well, again, I would imagine the Sky football deal is up in the air, don't you think, Paul? I mean, there's no football. Well, I guess it's going to start. Is it next season? But nobody knows when next season is going to start. 
Yeah, I, I, there's obviously contracts in place, and, and I think that's going to be the the uncertainty is, is from a sky a sky perspective is what what they've got, and but the same uncertainty exists for everybody that's subscribing to Sky and, and currently BT for for this season and for next season. There's a lot of people paying a lot of money monthly that are getting no content either. So you would hope that the TV companies all will be cognizant of that and try and make some decisions that are that are sensible on the back of it, but. I, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm not a contract liar, a, a lawyer, sorry, <laughs> contract liar, there's a, a <laughs> uh, I'm not a contract lawyer, but I, I don't know, you know, what grounds for renegotiation would be, but I suspect we're going to have a, you know, once this thing lifts, there's going to be a lot of that type of discussion going around, around pretty much everything, not just football, you know, what if you look at player contracts, you look at, you know, we, we talked about the extension of the season, how that might impact player contracts, as Francis said last night, that traditionally we'd finish on the 30th of June. Uh, what's the realistic position around if, if the season continues beyond that? What happens with players? What happens with potentially a league where you you start with one squad of players and you you have to end it with a, a completely different registered squad? You know, I, none of us have ever faced that before. Well, it's not a transfer window. I mean, that's... I, I mean, that's exactly. So, so you know, transfer window opens first of July technically, but you know, we we I don't know what will be happening in first of July. None of us do, but I think that's the the, the thing. You know, we're, we're gazing into a crystal ball here and trying to guess what things might look like, but it's going to look very different, as you say, Lawrence. Whatever it looks like. Uh, just a couple of more things. I saw uh, some story. Jason Denier. I uh, saying speaking very glowingly. I'd forgotten he's at Leon with Dembele now. Uh, speaking very glowingly of his time at uh, at Man City. Uh, sorry, at Celtic. Uh, he was a good, you loved him, Remy, didn't you? Denier. I thought he was a really good player. Yep. Um, I think him and Van Dyke were uh, oh. best centre half we've had for a long time. Hey, uh, I forgot about that Denier and Van Dyke. At, uh, what a centre back pairing. I mean, that's a that's a hundred million, a genuine hundred million. Uh, Euro, pounds, whatever uh, centre-back pairing um, once again uh, Parkin and Lennon can spot players can't they um, here, what's uh, Gary Parker doing now Rem, where's he? I think he's a coach, something like that uh, Oxford United and doing scouting and opposition and Oxford United are in the playoff positions just now so they're doing alright um, division same, well, they're a lot higher than Sunderland put it that way wow uh, good football man. Uh, here, one more thing. Um, stories, Rem. You've got a. You've got. A, is this an, a world exclusive? Is this a bombshell? Uh, I, I was getting. I was fumigating. Uh, fumigating. I was fumigating. <laughs> oh, I was getting mad. I'm uh, right back. Uh, I'm getting. Uh, I was getting mad. You, you know this. Another. You know the whole null and void and trying not to play these games. A part of the argument was. Well, the players in the pre-season, uh, uh, you know, they'll need a pre-season before they can play any more games. As if they're, these are professional footballers, they have a duty, they're being paid to stay fit. So you might not be going into training every day and doing your half an hour of training or whatever. Uh, but, you know, if you're at home, you can still do, you can still keep yourself fit. You should be ready to go. Um, you should be ready to go. And don't give me this crap about match fitness. It'd be the same for everybody. You should be ready to go uh, within a week of getting back. Uh, but I noticed that some t- clubs had sent their. I saw, I saw that Espanyol were sending their players away, and I thought, oh, that's them um, at it, trying to 
you know, delay, you know, add, an, add more delay at the other end. I was just thinking, though, if uh, Morelis to Colombia, what size is he? will he be when he comes back, Paul? Oh. Well, listen, they'll not have any difficulty tracking them down if they can't find them because he'll be visible from space. <laughs> but like the Goodyear blimp. Uh, the, uh, anyway, Rem, you, you, you told me, oh, don't mention that in the podcast because part of the Celtic players gone? So some of them have, eh? Have they? I believe the Australians and the Israelis have gone home. Uh, so that's that. It's kind of, kind of, you know, obviously Scottish football's closed till further notice. It oh, kind of does suggest that it's going to be, you know, it is going to be quite a while if people want to go home to be with their families. They're not expecting to be getting called back next Friday. And obviously, as Paul said, it's a, if you take the English thing that's been extended to April the 30th at least, then, you know, it is, that's what, six weeks away? So it's a, a long time. I mean, you can get back to Israel, you'll be back the next day. So I, I guess it's, uh, you know, they want to be at home like mo- they want to be at home with their families like most other people do at this time. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I've uh, a completely reasonable position. I know uh, I accept that. Uh, anyway, other than that, any other business, Paul? Is that? I think we're done. I mean, this just goes to show there is not a lot around. I mean, the biggest news from a Celtic perspective all week is the. Uh, the Peter Lowell statement, uh, but but that's really that's really it. I, I'm I'm just away, I'm away to prepare for bombshell Brady tomorrow night. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's going to be that's going to be fun. That, that sounds like a Bino character. <laughs> who is who is uh, the time? Was it Jeremy Paxman that interviewed the guy? Was it Michael Howard and asked him the same question fifteen times? I think it's it's going to be one of the ones tomorrow night. I think. I must. Who's your, uh, sorry, who's your source? Uh, I, I must. Uh, I must uh, get. I must change the music up. I'll get the old Champions music on at the start. The intro music and everything. <laughs> anyway, uh, good to talk to you, Paul. Uh, he's going to be he's right. No, it's, he's not going to be right. Uh, anyway, good to talk to you, Paul. Talk to you tomorrow, Paul. See you tomorrow. Cheers, Rem. All the best, mate. See you tomorrow, guys.